Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm joined today by Alan. Hello. So this week on the show we're asking if you really want to pass your exams and that might seem like a silly question but we have a list of kind of non-negotiable resources that if you're not using we're really not so sure if you do. And we're also going to look at recent news stories, including another turn in the WeWork saga, which we've been talking about lots on this podcast, and also how a global music streaming site has saved itself with innovation. So, Alan, this question kind of came up. We were looking at new ways we can approach um, what students are doing before the exam and and whether they really want to pass. And while I don't doubt that people in their their heads do really want to get it, there's a lot of things that, you know, if you incorporate into your study, um, you know, that is going to get you towards that pass. And if you're not doing those, no matter how many times you say them, if you're not doing those, I think maybe you're not really committed to passing. You don't, you still want to find that easy way through. And and that's what it is. It's all like, so all the people screaming at us right now, if you're out running with your headphones on, you're screaming at us, of course you want to pass. Um, Again, it's like what Connor said. It's not that, we don't think you want to pass, but there is an element of wanting to pass on your own terms. Yeah. And that's not the way it works. And if that was the case, everybody would be getting 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's not that you don't, it's not that we think for one minute that you don't care. Um, But it's that level of commitment. And we always kind of say our 60-40 rule is that we can only do so much. Um, but so much of it is still down. That 40% is down to the commitment by you to passing your exam, to taking our advice on board, to doing the daily bootcamp or whatever it is that we're telling you to do at whatever time. And and there's just no just no easy way out. So like it's not do you do you want to pass? It's do you really want yeah, to pass? Yeah. Like would, re- yeah. are you really are you really committed this time? Yeah, I think I think that's the key. It's it's you know, are you willing to get your hands dirty to yeah. pass? Is effectively, and believe me, I've um, was a student for many years, did lots of exams, and I was definitely a culprit for thinking, oh, but I might, I might just get away not do. I know that topic, but I don't need to do that question. Or yeah. I, you know, this this is how it works for me. I've passed other exams like that, but what we're going to say now is kind of some of the, I suppose, essential things that people might like to get away without having to use but we think if you're really really committed you need to be using these things and if you do that it's only going to help you get closer to that pass and i think before like this is these are validated by successful students these are the things that it's not just us thinking this is the right way we have so many students after results day who come to us and say it was your boot camp it was your crash camp it was your whatever it is that yeah. they used that we it was all the things that we had said to go do that, that they did it, and yeah. that, and and it's no, it's a simple formula: work hard, pass exams. Yeah, it's, it's not. It and do what we say. <laughs> and do what we say. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to start off with my favorite one because people will be well aware of me talking about this on webinars. Is the examiner reports? Oh. And if you really want to pass, there's no better starting point than listening to the examiner talk all about why students fail. Yes. And what you need to do to pass. And if you don't do these three or four things, you won't pass. Yeah, or if you do these three or four things, you'll fail is usually the way they put them. It's funny because the thing we're asked most is, do you have tips for the exam? Do you have tips? And people look for shortcuts and tips. And we say, no, there are no tips. But actually, the examiner report is probably the only 
tips that are, are given yeah. and the kind of indication you can get. So even though it's the thing students ask for the most, when we then say, well, there's this exam report document that we actually have turned into short videos where our tutors go through them. Um, I know we both did a lot of them. Yeah. So that is, as a starting point, that, that's where you'll get that that advice and really focused advice. Well, it, we've been doing webinar week and we've both done a few webinars each, a good few. And um, one of the things I said on every single one of mine is that you have an examiner report and there's somebody who's writing the next exam and they're saying, please don't do this. Yeah. And they're going to keep on asking questions to tell you on the areas that students did badly in until you start doing well in them. And I think we know ourselves, each examiner report, although they're slightly different because of the questions, broadly, broadly the Broadly, they change thing. the date from June to September. And, yeah, and uh, it's not because they're lazy, it's because the, it's the same thing happening People aren't again listening. Again. And when you don't listen, you keep get tested on the same things. So what do you got? So, so what's your tip? Do what they say. Do what they ask for. This is the person person who's marking your exam. If they say write in blue ink, you write in blue ink. It doesn't, yeah. like, it doesn't matter what they say, you just do it. And like at the end of the day, if you're in a job and your boss says, please come in at quarter to nine every day. Like, what were you going to do? Come in at nine o'clock and go, nah, 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 I proved you wrong. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So why why would you do it any different in this case? Yeah. Um, okay, I think the next one, and this is one... This is one I probably understand more why students don't do because I can see how it's it's more effort. But again, you just have to bite the bullet and do it. It is the CBE tool. Mm. So the CBE for, um, I'm sure most of you are aware, hopefully everyone who's doing an applied skill exam is the computer-based uh, assessment um, or computer-based exam. And we have a tool on our website that replicates that exam. So you can practice questions in that format. But I like practicing questions using yeah. my pen and paper. But I printed it off at I work it and off. it's off and I'll be able to type it off. That's yeah, yeah, the, there's no problem typing. Well, there's no difference, sure. But I'll, I've always done it that way. Yeah. Like, these are all of the things that we've heard yeah. and, and we've, many more. we've met students recently who said, but I just, I like oh, it that way. Oh, yeah, don't and, take, that's my favourite part. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just one of those things that, again, if you're really serious about passing, yeah. you might not enjoy your studying as much. It might be slightly more effort. But it's just going to take you on leaps and bounds. It, it'll eliminate all that lost time and issues with formatting and kind of un uncomfortable use of that um, format when you get to the exam. And you, uh, as we say, you always write differently and type differently. So you kind of have to teach yourself how to type like you write. Yeah. Uh, because people are much slower because they become more formal and they miss those where it's true when you handwrite, you become, you get more in a flow quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't get to do that in an exam no. and your performance is completely different. And I'm sure if most people actually saw their exam paper that they typed when they'd been spending their whole time writing, mm. um, they probably wouldn't believe it. They're probably yeah. Some of them would probably say that I didn't do that. That's yeah, not my yeah. exam. No, I'd be sure that the examiner can tell very quickly someone who's, practice on a CBE tool and someone who hasn't I'd say oh, instantly yeah, so it's really like obvious um, and instantly they know uh, they're not going to do well yeah and they're already thinking this is going to uh, be this isn't, this isn't going to be a great paper um, yeah so I think again that's just an essential one it might not be the way you want to practice your questions but if you want to get better and prepare for that exam it's the way you have to do it if you want to pass if you, like if your favourite part is doing the question my favourite part about exams is passing them <laughs> and I'll kind of do whatever I need to pass them Yeah. but if you're kind of and that's what we mean about really wanting to pass like yeah. if you really want this is these are the things you have to do 
Okay, on that note, I'll let you lead the charge with the next one, which is mock exams, plural. Oh, just <laughs> plural. Just just do them. Um, and like, I, I always try, what are some of the reasons why people don't do them? Um, I don't have time. They make me nervous. I don't want to do badly. Um, again, going back to webinar week, what's the big, the big, bold green words we have on that slide? There's no such thing as a bad mock. Yeah. And there really isn't. And uh, just apply to every part. Like who I don't know many people who pass a driving test without getting at least one lesson. Yeah. You yeah. don't just decide. Don't just I think read I'm gonna the drive today. Yeah. Then... <laughs> There's a manual on how to drive the car. I'm gonna read that and then I'm gonna take my driving test. It just nothing works like that. So why would you expect that all of a sudden yeah. exams can do that? And you don't have to build up pressure around a mock. You don't have to think of it like an exam. It's not you know, you don't have to be down if it's, if you find it tough. It's just a learning experience and it's replicating that experience you're going to have. And the more times you can do that, the more comfortable come the exam you're well, going to be. Well, let's look at the worst mock, okay? So let's say you did a mock exam, you attempted it, you got everything wrong, it was a complete disaster, you got 15 marks and you were lucky to get 15, It you thought that you knew nothing, it freaked you out completely. Now, when would you prefer to do that? Three weeks before your exam or in your exam? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> it is. So, like, don't be... All you're doing is delaying. So whatever issues you have in a mock, if you don't have them in a mock and learn from that, you're just going to have them in an exam. And that's a much lonelier, scarier yeah. place to have it than doing it in you sitting in a room somewhere with nobody watching you and, and having those issues. So... And it's again, just a no-brainer. The, the amount of students who get on to us after the exams um, about the, the feedback they've got from their mock exams when they submit it. But even things like, oh, I did a mock exam and I realised that I'm much better doing the, the big question first. Let's say a 50-mark question first. Yeah. Or I did the mock exam and realised I need to do the objective test questions first. And knowing that beforehand just gives you a, a plan of attack when you yeah. get to the actual and, exam. And there's such a, you're going in so confident that before you've even seen the paper, you know what you're going to do. And that's a, it's a strategy. Like, yeah. guys, you're all doing strategy. It's, <laughs> it's part, it's part of, it's going to be eventually, it's going to be part of one of the subjects you're doing. And you're going to be reading it going, that's a really good idea. The, all the strategy is, is kind of knowing with a certain amount of confidence what you're going to do before going into an exam. And a mock exam will give you that strategy. Okay, and the, the last one that I have done, I think this is more a case of students find them very easy to ignore, is the technical articles. Yes. And again, this is kind of like what you talked about earlier. If if um, the examining team are releasing a technical article or it's an area students have struggled with that they're giving more guidance on or it's a topical thing, that's an, an indication of something either that might come up, but oftentimes it's even just this has been answered poorly in the past. This is how you should approach questions. Mm. And then they say, well, let's put that on the exam and see if anyone's listening. Well, the SBR examiner report um, pointed towards a technical article that was released a few months before the September sitting. And they said, you would have been able to answer question one with this article. Yeah. And and most people didn't. Yeah. Audit, um, and I think all, one of the audit, audit papers... the same. One, I think yeah. the last two exams, they didn't re release the September, but hearing from students, the last two exams, there's been a question directly linked. I think one was on 
auditing accounting estimates and the most recent article was yeah. how to audit accounting estimates and it was it would take you three well, who writes minutes the articles? to read I think the examining team write the <laughs> articles why do they write those articles because it's on their mind why is it on their mind because they've written an exam about it yeah, yeah. like it's not it's all linked it's <laughs> it not is chance. all linked and it's not it's not chance it's not these guys aren't sitting around the room kind of thinking how can we put these guys off the scent yeah, yeah. what can we do to give them a completely no help and make them study an area that we're never going to ask about it's that's not what they're trying to do they're like between exam reports and technical articles alone like anybody who got 47 to 49 yeah probably if they had done both of those things they would have easily passed their exams yeah, yeah. Um, so although this wasn't the aim of the podcast to bring all of this full, <laughs> full circle and loop together is to talk about our revision boot camp um, and again this is another thing I'd, I'd categorise as do you really want to pass people ask what's the best thing I could do for four weeks and it is our revision boot camp and we've changed this quite a lot this sitting but all of those things that we've talked about are incorporated into revision boot camp so it's not it's not that you have to do four different things you've done before. If you just do this one, our new revision bootcamp, which um, started during the week for all courses, that encompasses the examiner reports on certain days, technical articles on certain days. There's a CBE tool alongside every question for applied skills. And there's also three different mock exam days. So there's one program we have with a task every day. It's, it's 90 minute most days, a bit longer on the mock days. That will cover all of that. Yeah, like I'm not gonna say to you now that if you didn't study for twelve weeks, you're you're not going to struggle. But I think we I could have been stu- studying manuals or videos or whatever it is for the last eight weeks. I would still say I'd fail if I didn't do boot camp. Um, and like some of the boot camps, are only, you're only a day or two into some of them because the last ones would have started only in the last day or yeah. two. And the first week w- was not lighter, but it's more around um, kind of exam technique materials. And there's room to catch up. Yeah, and, yeah, and absolutely. The, uh, but I think not doing this, knowing that like, and we don't do this for no reason. We strongly believe that if you commit to boot camp and do everything, you will pass your exam. And I, I know we get the feedback results and the students say, it's the best thing you guys have. I don't do it. Yeah. Others should do it, but it's, it's probably not for me, but it's amazing. And like, it, it's just, it's not, it's a bit like the examiner reports. Somebody's telling you, if you do this, you'll do really well. And you go, oh, it's not really for me. Yeah. I think I'll do it my way. I think I, I, think I have it sorted. Um, and, and I think that's, again, coming back to the really part do you really want yeah, to Yeah, and sometimes really means getting out of your comfort zone. It means changing the way you approach things and getting your hands a little dirty. Absolutely. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. So our first story is a continuation of an ongoing story we've talked about, which is WeWork, which goes from bad to worse to better to worse. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. Um, So this time SoftBank, who we talked about in the last, um, in a couple of episodes ago, recently bailed them out um, in a $10 billion deal. But now in a um, maybe not surprising turn of events, they've reported its first quarterly loss in 14 years. Um, it's a loss of $6.5 billion. Um, and this is against analysts' original predictions of maybe losses of $400 million. Um, so quite... Barely <laughs> missed. Barely missed. Just a bit more. So SoftBank are a Japanese tech giant and their CEO, I think, has been pretty transparent saying that 
his judgments around WeWork, um, and in particular its CEO, Adam Newman, were wrong in many ways. That's probably putting it yeah, yeah, do, lightly. Do you, but is that how do you think? It's like Yeah. But what what fascinates me is that some of the comments that were made by the SoftBank CEO were was talking about like the governance um yeah. within WeWork and that was a surprise and they, they didn't ask the question the hard questions or they should have asked different yeah. questions. But I would say, what about the governance in SoftBank? Yeah, like yeah. surely it wasn't just the CEO going. You know what? We're going to give these guys. And 10 that's what billion. he said. He said I, I made a bad decision. I a made bad a bad investment. decision, <laughs> and I know that might be the the CEO standing up and kind of taking yeah, the credit yeah. while he's he's going after all the other people who he blames, and that's fair enough, and and that's his job too. Yeah. Um, but there is an element of like, how are those decisions? You you would have expected him to come out and say, as an organization, we made bad decisions, and we need to look at how we improve that process in the future. It was kind of, it's kind of WeWork's fault. And it's kind of, it nearly sounds like they trusted this guy, that he did yeah, a sales well, pitch and they went, wow. What he said was, um, we we believed in a lot of his, I think of something like, we believe in a lot of his good points and chose to ignore a lot of the bad points of Adam Newman or... Well, I hope the students believe in all our good points that we raise in these podcasts. Yeah. They'll all do really, really yeah. well. I wish we had the Adam Newman yeah, um, effect sale, sales effect yeah. um, on students, and they, they'd be passing their exams. But it is as a it, they kind of. I felt the story, and again, it was written by a journalist, so maybe you're 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 getting you're not getting the whole thing. But it really felt from where we were reading them that it was kind of deflecting. Yeah. On well, it was kind of. He was a guy and he told me this would happen and it didn't happen and it wasn't really the, our fault. The thing I found funny and throughout the we've looked at this is that um, the, the person that everyone seems to be blaming and the root of the problems is Adam Newman, the WeWork mm. CEO. And the only real kind of winner in all of this or who's come out um, in a really good position is Adam Newman. He's, I think he made $1.7 billion. Yeah. In and, he got, and he got he's getting 170 million as a consultant now. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not bad. And he's Stephanie's probably That's nearly like what we're getting paid for. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like yeah, he's got he's definitely um for somebody who's supposed to be the bad guy, he kind of sounds like the smartest person in the room right now, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, or the uh, the biggest hustler of the, the Yeah, the but like a company like SoftBank shouldn't fall for hustlers. They should no, be well and, past and that. I think that's it's probably um not only is it, as you said, exposed governance issues within WeWork, all these companies that were investing in it, you'd have to wonder how can so many get it wrong um, or you, not do the sufficient due diligence. You could go through six or seven ACCA subjects and you think, oh, what happened with internal controls? Where was the project appraisal? Yeah. Where was the governance? Where was the strategy? Uh, it's, it's back to basics. It really, really like it really, like if you're giving somebody 10 billion, you you want to you, you don't want to be in a position when uh, that guy sounds like he knows what he's talking yeah. about. Surely it's a better there's a yeah. much better but, but in the space of a year they've I think in January they were um worth 47 billion and now it's it's 8 billion. So <laughs> there's there's that's quite a, a fall from grace but there's a lot um that a lot of people had a lot of things wrong if something was inflated to the point of that valuation. There will definitely be books written written in the future about all of this, and we'll probably, It'll be, probably having, be by Adam Newman and he'll make a fortune. <laughs> Um, but on that note, I think SoftBanks are still adamant they're going to turn this around. Um, and I think he did say that we need to look at a tighter governance in companies that we back. Yeah, I think any any ACCA student could have told him that. <laughs> 
Um, okay, our next um, our next story is to do with streaming company Spotify. I find this interesting because I use Spotify quite a lot. You. Not really, actually. No, no. Really? I know we're on Spotify. That's about it. Yeah. I'm an Apple podcast, Apple okay. user. Um, well, you might you might switch over. So Spotify had been struggling. There's obviously a lot of changes going on with music streaming and in the music industry, but they've returned to profit thanks to introducing a lot of new initiatives. They've budget-friendly fr- plans um, and significant cost-cutting. But really what they've done is they're trying to transition from a music streaming company to a kind of media and cultural brand is what mm, okay. I saw it put down as. Um, they now have their own original content. They've added podcasts on. And they've changed how they promote um, music that by getting artists kind of to recommend rather than, than paying people to to get their music being, on being influencers yeah really. and then yeah it's kind of like that musicians as influencers and then they've launched a new um spotify for kids app and um, which is ad free has like lullabies and soundtracks and sing-alongs but they've kind of become this family friendly site really so that people i think can get a family plan and they're looking at getting you know the next generation of users or, or families onto plans and and everything through that. Well, we talked earlier about doubling down and kind of if your business isn't working, a lot of businesses do the same thing but more. Yeah. Um, it seems like Spotify have said, well, we're we're not making the money we should be making or hope to make it, and they've looked at their model yeah. and said, well, how can we make significant changes and how can we stay ahead of, uh, of the curve, I guess, Yeah, and, and try and make ourselves more relevant that people will pay us. Yeah, and I think tap into new markets. There's so many people competing for, you know, you're probably the average people between 16 and 40 who are streaming music, but what about the the kind of families, homers, people who are getting it for their kids, packages for families? So it's it's kind of tapping into a whole new market. And then, you know, the competition they're getting from podcast providers and things, it, it, that's a natural step, but... Yeah. They're, you know, at least they're they're showing that innovation is key to surviving. In this. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if that innovation, and it's probably going to be a quarter or two or maybe a little bit more before you see the results of that, but it'll be interesting to see if that innovation really pays off. Yeah, and I think what's also interesting is, and you see with a lot of these companies is, you know, is there a point that Spotify are going to suddenly have some TV shows and videos? Will Netflix have its music streaming site? Will YouTube be doing everything? So it's it's... No one can afford to be static. I think that's the key point. Yeah, and then you too have much to, competition and too many big companies with lots of money to invest. Yeah, and if you're staying still, people are just moving past you. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So Connor, after webinar week, um, and I think between the two of us and you sat in more than me, um, trying to get that message across to students, especially those who maybe haven't been studying for the 12 weeks or maybe even the last three or four weeks. Um, and one of the questions came up and strangely enough, we seem to have students who still, who didn't maybe attend one of the webinars and still are querying this. Um, so so at this stage, I guess students are getting nervous. It's three to four weeks before their exam, depending on what time of the week they're going to be doing it. And how effective is the boot camp if I haven't, so if it's me, if I haven't done all the lectures or maybe I haven't quite got all the content completed? Yeah, so this was something that, that keeps coming up. The, I suppose the idea from boot camp as to the study you do before is you're switching the focus from, you know, learning materials to really exam technique and learning through question practice. 
but that's by no means limited to just question practice. So there's there's other facets to that. Firstly, with bootcamp, we we also say the topic alongside the question. So if you do think it's something you're unfamiliar with, you can go back and watch the short video, or you can read the notes before doing the question. Then actually doing questions anyway it does help fill your knowledge gap. It tests what you know, and you know you can see if you do understand that concept. But by all means, and what we hope students are doing with bootcamp is if they struggle with the question or if they think they struggle with that area having done that question, um, then you use that as an indicator to go back and study it. So bootcamp's not limited. You, you don't just say, well, I've, I've done the question. That's all I need to do. It's all about um, learning, you know, using those questions as an indicator to, to what you might need to go back and revisit. So if I'm a student who hasn't quite completed all the content, whether they've been using manuals or even they've joined us recently and haven't looked at all the videos, you don't say, you're not suggesting delaying bootcamp until you've got through all your content. Get started on bootcamp now and use that knowledge you're learning there to fill in your gaps. Yeah, so as I said, bootcamp is just, you know, it's what we encourage you to do because otherwise you're at risk of um, just getting caught saying, oh, I need to catch up on the theory, catch up on the knowledge. And then all you do is watch videos again it's it's using that um it's using questions as the focus and using that to go back and revisit topics and then as we always say try the question again after that check that you do know that knowledge and check that you are filling any knowledge gaps that you have but the focus still needs to remain now on exam technique question practice and starting to build into what you're going to face in the exam so so building that kind of experience of replicating what you're going to see in the exam Okay, so we're going to finish up there for today. Once again, thanks for listening. As we said, do take on board the advice we said. If you really want to pass, uh, what resources really want to pass. <laughs> what resources you need to use. Um, and as we said before, if you can do exam bootcamp, that's going to incorporate all of that into it. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.